everybody and welcome to In My Mug episode 10! I'm even doing it in public. It's 169 on Monday the 6th of January 2014. I am your host Stephen Layton. Happy New Year and welcome to the news. So, the news, we should go into, there are two bits of news. Thank you to Jen for my lovely Facebook t-shirt all the way from, uh, is it San Francisco Facebook's that? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, they're going there. Um, actual proper Facebook t-shirts. Thank you, Jen. I love my t-shirt very, very much. And as you can see, I'm not in the in my mug studio. I'm at Shrewsbury Coffee House, which is funnily enough in Shrewsbury. Um, and the reason for me being here is the guest espressos have been launched for 2014. Last year we did guest blends where we just came up with different ideas, different themes for the month. This time, we've decided that we're going to do it on different coffee shops, and we're starting off here um, with Acidity Squirrel, which is a uh, interesting blend. And instead of me having the espresso of this week's in my mug, I'm actually going to have the espresso of the Acidity Squirrel. So I'm going to have the brewed coffee of this week's coffee, and the um, and the espresso from here. So we can get to talk about two different coffees on the, on the in my mug, which I think is pretty much an in my mug first. 269, it's very difficult to find things to do as a first. And that was the very interesting, informative and Shrewsbury-based news. So moving on, we're going to talk about this week's coffee. Um, and um, what we've been doing is focusing on, and this month we're going to be focusing on Bolivia. So Bolivia is a coffee growing country that, for me, seems to be in a bit of trouble. Um, it has a population of 10 million people, so a fairly small population. Land service area, four times the size of the UK. So lots of land, small amounts of people. But a government that is pretty rogue, I think is fair enough to say. As in, they allowed the growing of coca, which can be turned into cocaine, um, which is obviously not a, not a, a thing we encourage or endorse. But um, lots of the coffee planting that's happened there for years and years has stopped. They've started ripping out coffee plants and started planting coca. So coffee production has gone from what was 120,000 bags right down to last year, I think it was 26,000 bags. To put that in context, Carmo, which was the last coffee we had before we did um, these, uh, before we did the Christmas blends, produced 80 to 100,000 bags on its own, so more than the country of Bolivia, which I just find mind-blowing. Um, there are some changes there, and a few people trying to do specialty coffee, and they're some of the people we're working with, and it's somewhere I'm super passionate about working with. Uh, Bolivia is a country that I've been to many times now, and I continue to keep visiting, and uh, I'm a big, big fan of. Um, and I think the coffee's just so special and so unique, which you're gonna find uh, from hopefully tasting this one. So that was this week's Focus On. So we should get around to doing talking about the farm. So the farm um, is it's actually my top 10 number one coffee of last year. Um, if you want to go and hear what my ones were for 2013, uh, there's a link on the screen, um, which was my top 10 I did with Roland, but this was actually the number one from the year before. See, nice linking. These things don't just happen. I actually make this stuff happen. I, I, I plan. I think in my head. Um, 
but this was one of my big coffees from, 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 from last year and one that I really love. So the farm is called Canton Uanese. Um, it is located near to the town of uh, Karanavi. Mental block then. And Karanavi is around about 120 kilometres from the, the capital city of La Paz. Um, an absolutely amazing triangle of farms around this town. Um, but this is on a weird point, and on the map bit you'll see that this is like one on its own and it looks at all the farms um, that we buy from. So things like uh, Loeza, things like Belinda, uh, things like, uh, what's the other one? There's another one that I can't remember. Uh, San Jose that we had last year, all come. You can see them on, on, on the map bit. But this one is on the opposite side of the mountain. Altitude of around about 1,650 metres above sea level, which is not super high. Um, for most countries, that would be ridiculously high. But Bolivia, running through the centre, it has the spine of the Andes. Um, so this spine just produces some amazing coffees with amazing altitudes. Um, farm is owned by a guy called Tadasio Mamani. Uh, met Tadasio for the first time two years ago. Um, and told him that I wouldn't buy coffee from him unless he burnt his Chelsea shirt that he had uh, he had in the photo that he'd sent me of the farm. Um, maybe not burnt, that may be a bit harsh, but he should get rid of that. And he said that he would if I sent him a Sunderland shirt. So I'm going to show you on the screen now. This is Tadasio in his Sunderland shirt. Um, I kind of love the fact that somewhere in Karanavi, somebody's wearing a Sunderland shirt and going, what the heck is that? Um, the reason he looks so sad on the picture is I told him that we were bottom of the league. and. Um, yeah, that obviously didn't go down so well. He went from Chelsea, who were Champion League winners at the time, to now Sunderland at the bottom of the Premiership. Um, but it's really cool, we've got this relationship with, with, with the guys there. We bought pretty much all of the coffee from there. And the big change for this year is that Tadasio has started processing on the farm. So he, what he used to do was he'd pick the coffee, stick it in a taxi, and I'm not joking about this, he really sticks it in one of the taxis. There's a taxi firm that pick up all of the coffee from around the farms drive it to the mill in Karanavi and process it there. But he wanted to give us something back um, and he wanted to do a better job with the coffee. So what he started to do is do the processing himself on the farm. Um, so a coffee that was already my favorite, I think has got even better because he's paying attention to the smaller details. He's also done us a honey lot and he's also done us a peabri lot. So we've got three different coffees from the same farm that in the past, Tadasio didn't care. He sent it to the mill and he didn't care what happened with it afterwards. And since we've kind of got talking with him and got together with him, he's motivated to do good things because we're paying a better price. He's getting a consistent price. So he knows that the market goes down. He's not suddenly going to get no money for his coffee. Um, and it works well for both of us. So uh, a, a really great relationship. Um, I've talked about it enough in this, so I think we should go to this week's map bit. It's the map bit. No expense spent, it's the map bit. Hello, um, welcome to the map bit. So we are going down to Hasbeen Towers here. We get a very good view of the... Oh, but we can't go yet because I'm not at Hasbeen, am I? I'm in that direction. So we're going to go over to Shrewsbury. Um, and where those white cars are, if you see the top of the white cars, that's exactly where we are. And there's the train station at Shrewsbury. So let's leave there and let's uh, zoom up to the UK and go to our left to South America. Um, I'm always excited when we're going to South America because that means Bolivia's coming. Um, but here we are, we have the continent and we're going to have some figures on them. So there are six coffee growing countries, 
population of 387 million, a huge surface area. It makes the UK look like a speck. But let's go down to Bolivia, and there we can see that big cluster of farms, but we should find out something about Bolivia. So the name, of course, is Bolivia. Population of 10.5 million, um, and around about four times the size of the UK. So let's go down to this spine, and this is the Andean spine of Bolivia. We can see Inquisivi at the bottom, Machcamarca, Carico. But we're interested in the next one up, which is Cantanuinese. Um, and let's try and get a view of the farm here. Now, Cantanuinese seems to be in the sky, but it's just where the map is faded away. Um, so let's have a look at some of the details of the farm. Dale Lequeu is telling us that it's called Canton Uinese. Altitude is 1,650 metres. It is a typical varietal. And the nearest town is Carinavi. Um, so it's just there. But you can see in the distance, that is all of the farms that we buy inside of Belinda, which is coming back soon. San Jose, which won't be, but we've got Vilca. Um, we have Loeza and we also have Ilamani there. So, And that is the town of um, uh, Karanavi that I talk so much about. Um, yeah, that was hopefully the interesting and fun map bit. So it's a cool map bit, isn't it? Cool that we took off from Shrewsbury on it as well, I thought. So instead of the normal wheel of... Discovery, death, and all the other things. Um, I have got a uh, question for Dale. So, um, yeah, it's time for Dale's question of the week, or whatever it's called, because I can never remember. So the question comes in from... Um, oh, I haven't put the name on here. That's not so good. You know who you are. <laughs> the question says... Um, with the Aeropress on your brewing guide, it says to brew for a total uh, a time of 45 seconds, uh, whereas on some other online guides it says 1 minute 45. Can you explain to me what are the positive negative effects from both actions? So Dale says, without a funny voice, finer grinds result in more surface area and generally faster extraction. Not necessarily better or worse, but faster. The Aeropress is a good brewer and a practical for effective quick brewing. And brewing faster is good for busy shops, but also for brewing at train stations, etc. Don't know where that comes from. But only when combined with a grind that matches the recipe of the coffee to the water supports it. So on my brew guide, I talk about a filter-style grind, and I will bet a pound to a penny the ones that are saying one hour is forty-five are grinding to a cafetiere-style of grind. So really, it's matching the grind to the extraction time and then to taste. So. One thing I always say as a disclaimer on the brew guides is that um, like, this is my brew recipe. This isn't the right recipe, it isn't the right way, it's the way that I enjoy brewing with the different, uh, different methods. So don't follow my prescription, use it as a guide, use it as a base, but then play with the parameters. So try a one hour, one minute 45 extraction. Don't try one hour 45, that will taste really bad. Um, but one hour 45, one hour, I did it again. One minute. 45 extraction and what you might find is that the coffee actually tastes better for your taste than it does for mine because we're all different and there are no right answers. The only reason I have a job in coffee is there are no right answers so I'm always right. Only place in the world I'm right. So I'm going to whack you on pause, I'm going to go upstairs and ask the very kind people here who are very busy to try and brew me some coffee um, and in this little interlude I'm going to show you uh, a few pictures of the shop.
Okay, so I'm back, and I'm back in a kind of weird way, so we're doing it a little bit differently. So, um, I kind of went upstairs with the, the Cantonese, and like, let's do this as an espresso instead. So, the guys want to taste the espresso, and actually it's probably better to do this as two espressos side by side. But I'm going to start off with the Acidity Squirrel. Now, on the subscription, what you can do is you can sign up and have a 12-month subscription of these coffees, or you can buy the Acidity Squirrel on its own. Um, so, uh, let's, let's dive in. So it smells how I expect it to. It's got a little bit of zing to it. There's a little bit of zazz there. There's a little bit of kind of oomph. And um, so front end, it really is acidity. It's very citrus-like. It's very bright. There's kind of a big kick there. But then it turns into like a milk chocolate. So it's not in your face punching you all the time. It's not off the scale acidity, which the name kind of makes you think that it might be. But actually, it's it's. Finishes on a really nice, smooth note. It's um, really good. It's a very, very good espresso, as you would hope for an espresso blend. Um, it was created from a, a, a desire to have like coffees that were very a, a blend that was very consistent for the shop. So it was always the same, even if components changed. We try and aim for the same kind of blend. Also because Simon, who Simon Glover, who used to work here, also loves saying "acidity squirrel." So um, he enjoys that a lot. Sorry for everybody who I've just offended who may have a list, but um, yeah, Simon will appreciate that. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna whack you on pause and I'm gonna go and get the second espresso, which is gonna be the Cantonese that this week's in my mug. And I am back, and I am back with the Cantonese, so let's dive into this. I've also got a cappuccino as well, so I'm kind of doubling up. I'm going to be caffeinated as heck. It's uh, you guys are going to have a very good evening. Yay! <laughs> Excited, Steve, full of caffeine. A very different espresso to the Acidity Squirrel. Um, there's a little bit more sweetness in there. So um, the sweetness I put down to a, like a honeydew melon kind of sweetness. So it's a bit sticky and it's a bit kind of there, but it's also acidic. So there's also the acidity there. A little bit of effervescence, and it reminds me very much of like white wine, so like a, a really light Chardonnay, which sounds like a terrible descriptor. I know it's a terrible descriptor to kind of talk about white wines and things, but it just has this really bright, light kind of florality to it as well, which I really like. I loved this coffee last year. I think I love it more this year, and definitely on my cupping score, it's gone up a couple of points. Um, it's one of the highest scoring coffees we've got on the site at the moment. I think it's at like 96, which I don't give 96. Um, mm, it is delicious. Um, be interesting to see how it works with milk. Um, so, um, what am I doing? I, I, this time of year, I'm Dale, who the ass Dale, is competing in competition, and all I do is do run-throughs with him, and I check this foam like this. It's like it's actually much better milk than Dale's. <laughs> Much better milk. And then you drink from the side that you don't check it on. So lots of that acidity, lots of the white wine and the kind of um, the melon acidity has disappeared and it just turns into this sweet chocolatey. You add milk to something that's sweet, you're going to bring out more sweetness. Um, it's very smooth. It's actually a delicious cappuccino. Mmm. Um, and I don't like milk very much, as you know, and I'm, I kind of, I think I'll probably finish that one off. Uh, so yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me, as always. Um, 
what is that I say at the end again? 269 times. Do remember, life is too short for bad cop.